It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Hawks postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked on. I am Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on for $20 off your first purchase. The Locked on Hawks postcast is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Deshaun, home cooking. Seem to work for the Hawks once again. We'll deep dive on how the Hawks put the Thunder away in the and one and talk about who got next. But first, let's get T and Tate takeaways on what went down tonight in the Hawks 141-138 win over the Thunder. Now, Deshaun, you said the Hawks didn't let up on the gas. Yeah, I and and that was probably one of the more impressive things. And I don't think that the I think one of the more impressive things first outside of that is the fact that, you know, they didn't play their A game, which, you know, I definitely felt like the way that OKC has been rolling lately. They've beaten two of the best teams in the NBA already earlier this week, the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets, and obviously the top team with or the best record anyway uh, in the NBA and the Boston Celtics. For this team to not play their A game, um, still relying on heavy pieces that of guys that have been recently out, um, and things of that nature, not having the ridiculously December numbers that Trey Young has had either in this game. I mm-hmm. thought that, um, you know, that that really spoke some volume. They got, you know, jumped out to a, an 11-0 run early to start the game, and they just didn't let up. Sure, there's going to be some moments where every good team, especially the way OKC has been playing, where teams are going to make runs, especially with the youth and everything else. Uh, but the Atlanta Hawks found a way to flex their muscles and never allow OKC to, you know, take a lead in this game. And I thought that that spoke a little bit more volume than probably anything. I mean, it was one of the most impressive games, maybe not performance wise, optically, mm-hmm. um, but more so the fact that, you know, the statement that it made more than anything, especially to start off the new calendar year. I thought that was pretty impressive. And that's fair because. As you mentioned, Trey did have a sort of pedestrian Trey Young game in that he had 24 points. I hate to say only, but he kind of spoiled everybody in December with so many 30-plus points, 10-plus assist games. Tonight, 24 points, still 11 assists, so still a good look there along with four rebounds, but still not that game, and yet the Hawks were able to pull it out now. We'll talk a little bit more in the and one on whether or not I believe the same as you that it was impressive because I feel like, okay, impressive because Isaiah Joe did not hit that three pointer at the end of the game, <laughs> which is such a two overtime. And we don't know what the heck would happen outside of regulation, but a win is a win is a win. So I totally get it. And at the end of the day, there were some things that the Hawks did do to actually put themselves in position to where it forced OKC to have to heave up a last minute last ditch effort of a three just to send it to regulation so i i'll say this don't slow down on the break they didn't do that and they didn't slow down at the charity stripe and the reason i mentioned that is two things number one the hawks scored 19 fast break points in that first half that's a season high tying for them whether it's first half or second half that's a season high tying 19 points off fast break points and the reason i mentioned that as well is because the thunder actually pretty good at defending fast break 
on the break. And for the Hawks to be able to do that, it's two things. Number one, that meant that they really had some fluidity with their offense, with their yeah. defense as well. They they were actually able to at least stay somewhat in lockstep with the Thunder, which the Hawks sometimes are challenged with that, but this isn't the biggest team in the world. Take away, you know, Chet Holmgren, but this isn't the, the biggest team in the world. So that kind of gave the Hawks a bit of an even matchup there. So I, I like that for them as well. And that allowed them to keep the Thunder's fast break points to a minimum. And they're very, very good in that area. And they still won fast break, Deshaun, but they did. It wasn't it was only like a five point differential there. Right. And the Hawks were able to make that up in some other departments. So I really like that. And we know that the Hawks reputation and what they prided themselves on for the last several years is free point, free throw points and free throw shooting. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, for the first couple of weeks of the season, we really weren't seeing that from them. We were seeing them miss shots that normally they would make. We were seeing them go, you know, one of two. They, you know, sometimes they go to the charity stripe and walk away and we're like, okay, so you didn't hit any of them? Very uncharacteristic. Yeah, very uncharacteristic of the Hawks. Tonight, they actually showed up the way the Hawks always show up at the free throw line, hitting 31 of 33. And if you look at the margin of win, a three-point win, every free throw counted, every single free throw. So them getting back to 94% from the charity stripe, I think was super critical in their ability to actually walk away with the win in this game. Well, you know, we have a lot of conversations a lot of times where, you know, um, it's like we're previewing the next game in our last segment. And so I was like, what are some of the things they need to do? And I'm like, continue to just, con you know, making your free throws down the stretch and little things like that. That is something that coming into this game, I felt like they need to do going into yeah. the next game is going to be the same thing in every other game, because those are free <laughs> points. I call those the free space on the bingo card. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so in from that instance, um, you got to be able to capitalize. If you're not hitting those yeah. free throws, this is a game that OKC wins. Let's mm -hmm. just, you know, call it what it is. Um, OKC is not very often that you're going to go up against a team with the top four or top five best record in the NBA. OKC leads the league in uh, or one of the top teams in blocks. Point differential, mm -hmm. they're third in the NBA. Field goal yeah. percentage, they shoot 50%. They're third. Scoring, they're top five as well with the Atlanta mm -hmm. Hawks. They shot it well, 50% at least, yep. bare minimum, from three and from the field on tonight. You're walking away with a win, especially if you're the Atlanta Hawks, considering the fact that these are games that you typically say, we were right, right there. there. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we were just right there. There was too many of those games in November and December. And I think that it's just a very good start to, um, you know, moving forward, like I said, in, in the new calendar year against a team that, you know, granted, they are very young, so you're going to see a lot of mistakes, but they're able to, you know, win eight of their last nine games. So being able mm -hmm. to be one of the teams, one of the two teams in the last handful of games or so uh, to give them a loss, I thought it should give some Hawks fans and Hawks Nation some optimism a little bit. Yeah. Now, yeah, I do believe that it was a game that should have encouraged all of the Hawks fans, because, yeah, when you look and you see that a team shot 55 percent from the field and 50 percent from three, you're thinking to yourself, no way the Hawks are on the winning side of that equation, especially because the Hawks did well from the field, 51 percent from the field, nearly 51 percent, but only 36 percent from three. So you don't expect the Hawks to necessarily win that game. But like you said, in other areas that we'll talk about on the other side of the break, they definitely did well. And this is a team that everybody's talking about. Talented is the word you hear a whole heck of a lot 
when you hear people talk about the Thunder. We saw it last season, Deshaun, where this was that team that kind of sort of had the Hawks number, this team that was showing that they were about to be the get-right team. And now that they have Chad Holmgren back in the lineup, they are the team that is get has gotten right and they've gotten it together and they're doing really, really well. So, yeah, I do think that this is one of those wins that although you hate that it did come down to the wire in the end, you do like the fact that the Hawks were still able to pull it out, especially when you know the quality of teams that the Thunder have been able to beat. And listen, we also know it's a back-to-back. We know sometimes your legs, are, it takes you a minute to get your legs under you. But that doesn't matter because the Hawks have been a lot of times on the other side of that. They've been on the losing end of a back-to-back and have been the unfortunate team to take the L. So good to see the Hawks get the win. Now we're going to talk about this game a little bit more and deep dive in the and one when we come back. And this episode of the Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the NFL regular season is wrapping up just one more week in the regular season, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's pretty cool. $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, can't beat that. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet like live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. Again, live same-game parlays, it's a good look. Finding bets in the new Explore tab, FanDuel keeps adding opportunities for you to win and making a parlay in the Parlay Hub. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, Deshaun, let's dive into this game a little bit more now. When we take took a look at this game, the pregame that is, on paper, this wasn't exactly the matchup that seemingly favored the Hawks, which might be why in game one, which was about a month or so ago, the Hawks lost that game by nine points. Now, you look at Stay Gilgis Alexander. Who's going to guard him? Who's the best option? Eh, that was a questionable one, and I think that's why Quinn Snyder kind of went to a couple different players at different times, Trent Forrest, Jalen Johnson, a couple different players to take on SGA. Leaky perimeter defense as a whole. Well, we kind of know that didn't quite work in the Hawks' favor because the Thunder still went off at the clip of 50% from three, but – they also have a legit, I'll call Chet Holmgren, he's more of a shooting center type, kind of falling between the forward and the center. And you got to deal with someone who can legitimately shoot the ball and score the ball from a number of different places on the court. So all of those things being said, Deshaun, how did the Hawks still manage to pull out this win? Well, you know, Tanisha, I, I, I think that it's just a matter of just staying the course, um, yeah. ultimately, is what it comes down to. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where, and I know that it seems like he, you know, is very inconsistent, maybe doesn't do a lot, but when you start looking at, you know, being serviceable on both sides of the ball, like, does he, does DeAndre Hunter look like a typical number four pick of an NBA draft? No. Um, but this is where you're missing one of those pieces where you really would have relied upon him a lot because of the wingspan, because of the length and 
all of those other things. Um, being able to throw different bodies at him of guys that can guard him. Um, yeah. DeJounte Murray is one of those guys that kind of step up in that, you know, to try to, you would think to step up in that role, but you're mm -hmm. also requiring a lot out of him because you yeah. expect for him to come in here and play well on the offensive side and the defensive mm -hmm. side. Sadiq Bey is another one, but guess what? The reality is this. Sometimes if you could play, you can play. If you can give a guy buckets, it doesn't matter who you're throwing out there. They're just going to get buckets. There's so many, yeah. you know, instances where, you know, you, you try and put, you know, the, it, it doesn't matter who you put out there on Trey Young. He's going to get his numbers, and that's just the way it is. If you mm -hmm. can ball, you can mm -hmm. ball. Um, the, the, the part that I don't love about that so much sometimes is the fact that it always just kind of seems to happen against the Atlanta Hawks. If it's not him, it's, you know, we were talking about, we're going to preview the next game. It's going to be Tyrese mm -hmm. Halliburton. Remember what that looked like. And, you know, it just seems like it's always that star player on that other team that ends up having an amazing game. And, and, and they have some time trying, you know, tweak some things. Uh, obviously we know that they need to get better uh, from a defensive standpoint, primarily on the perimeter side. Um, mm -hmm. And although it wasn't against, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, we're seeing guys like Trey Young step his game up defensively, taking some charges on tonight, stepping mm -hmm. in between the passing lanes and getting a couple steals and things of that nature. And a couple mm -hmm. other guys are in that same conversation. What we've seen Jalen Johnson do on tonight mostly on the offensive end of course you know i mean i've seen him go up for what was it like three straight dunks or something like that in the second quarter where he was jumping so right. high it looks like he could change the light bulbs on the top of the arena for crying out loud um so you know it's just it's, it's sometimes just a matter that a guy can ball and that you have to pray you're never going to be able to stop somebody like a shea gorgeous right. alexander mm -hmm. you can only pray that you can kind of contain him we have yeah. kind of been you know, salivating at the mouth over some of the numbers that Trey Young had in December. But guess what? If you go look at Shea Gilgis Alexander's numbers in December, they mirrored that very much. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's just a matter of being able to contain and just try and be there to make it difficult for him and kind of mm -hmm. alter some of his shots at the rim. Yeah. And I think, too, it's for me, it's the X factor because I always feel like it's this guy, plug and play, don't know his name. He ain't even a starter, but he's the guy who's going to find a way to smoke the hot. It always seems like that guy is there. I found tonight that that guy really wasn't there. Other than Cason Wallace coming off the bench to yeah. score 15, but again, 15 in the formula that typically works against the Hawks is not a big deal because normally we're having this conversation about someone who is probably deep down the other team's bench who comes in and just goes off for like 20 points, 23 points, 25 points. So I felt like if you could keep Cason Wallace, who's having a nice season himself, down to 15 points, and he is one of those guys who could have been an X factor tonight, I think that was one of those positives as well. And like you said, for the most part, yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander ended up with 33 points, but they contained him for a long period of time in this game. So that's something to say. And then going back to Chet Holmgren as well, thinking, okay, this is a matchup that actually favors the Hawks for, for whatever, for once, because you have a lineup that's built kind of similarly to theirs. You're able to hold him to just 12 points and three rebounds. So I think that's, those are some areas where typically you and I are having a conversation about those areas being the ones that kind of come back to bite the Hawks in the butt. Mm -hmm. And actually mm -hmm. it did it because you're looking at the Hawks. And like you said, the Thunder, one block, the Hawks, five. That matters because that means that they're really going after it and, and getting after it under the rim. And that, that's an area where sometimes anywhere in the paint is, is a problem. And 
even playing a clean game. For the Hawks, again, to have just 21 fouls, like that to me is impressive as well because, you know, sometimes when they play uh, and when you can get inside and you look at the points in the paint, Thunder had 62, Hawks had 52. A lot of times that's an area where they struggle as well. When a team is getting going off in the paint, we find that Onyeko Kongu and others mm-hmm. are starting to rack up those personal fouls very quickly. So there are mm-hmm. some areas where definitely I saw some things that impressed me and that I hope we get to see a little bit more often because I think those are going to be some things when games are tight like this one ended up being at the end where the Hawks will be on the other side. Now, you mentioned earlier the run that the Hawks went on to start the game. I think it was actually 7-0. And then, like you said, it turned out to be something like 11-0. But at 7-0, it was like, okay, Thunder, we got to call a timeout. We got to reset. So we fast forward to the third quarter. Then the Thunder go on a run. Theirs was a little bit more manageable, 13-7 to to open the third quarter. They trimmed the Hawks' lead from 17 points to 11. But then they did it again, Deshaun. And that's what concerned me a little bit. Because there was only like, there were two minutes, maybe 39 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. Hawks were up by 15, and then you only win by three. I'm sorry, that bothered me a little bit. So you already know, I have to ask, what was it about that pesky third quarter and the end of that game that almost allowed OKC to bring this thing and get back in? Well, I think that, you know, where we were talking about some of those games previously from the past where some of these players are just kind of going crazy against the Hawks and leading the team. Um, This is an instance where, okay, see, it's a little bit more weird because they have such a young group. They're the second youngest team in the NBA, and you don't really have particularly a ton of different film on these guys. And obviously Mm -hmm. a relatively new coach who's probably going to be up for uh, an NBA coach of the year award, at least so far at this point. You've also got a guy who's probably leading the rookie of the year candidacy uh, right now in Chet Holmgren. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, and then you've got a lot of just pieces that you can plug and play and you just don't know who to, you know, check or who's going to step up next, especially if Shea Gilgis Alexander, as rare as it is, has Mm -hmm. a game that he just doesn't necessarily look like himself. So that is where you do have, you know, um, you know, uh, Jalen Williams, who was able to step up and contribute his 21 points on tonight. He only missed three shots and Aaron Wiggins, who, I don't know if anybody's seen that coming, but he ends up chipping in, you know, 13 points and yeah. only missing one shot on the night. Like you said, Kaysen Wallace. Kaysen Wallace is only, what, 20 games into his NBA career now at this point? He's a mm-hmm. rookie. So, I mean, you do have a lot of different guys. And you and and, and Josh Giddy didn't even have a, a, yeah. probably, you know, a, a, a really great game on today or anything like mm-hmm. that either. So they definitely have a lot of, you know, just different guys, and and it, and it looks different. It's very unorthodox. You got some guys with some European style, and just guys that you know can come in and give things a little bit of a different look, kind of unorthodox a little bit. They provide something that not only the Atlanta Hawks but that other teams uh, makes it very hard and difficult to prepare for. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus the energy and some of the athleticism, and they're a very very smart team on top of that and I think that was the difference for me it's how smart they are as Mm -hmm. such a young group uh the the chemistry that they have amongst one another the cohesiveness amongst one Mm -hmm. another I think has been some of the bigger determining factors behind why we've not only seen them make the run on tonight but also why we've seen them look as good as they have all season so far yeah Trey Young talked about it 
pregame, how one of the things that's the most impressive for him, he talked about basketball IQ, and he talked about the fact that they know who they are. Like each player knows individually what he brings to the table, what his position is, and they, hey, you play your position for lack of a better term. And that's what feeds into that team being a cohesive unit because everybody knows exactly where they're supposed to be, what the expectation is of them, and then they're able to deliver. And we see Willie Carswell Jr. Thank you for stopping by as always. He said, Tanitra and Deshaun, the Hawks won. But just to be honest, the Hawks offense isn't the problem. The defense hasn't been as consistent as it should. No qualms there. No disagreements there at all. The offense was quite fine. I mean, nor and normally you would say that 35.9%, almost 36% from three. I mean, it's still acceptable, right? It's just that we know what kind of, you know, we, we know what league we're in, right? 36% mm-hmm. is almost pedestrian at the three, for lack of a better term. But you're absolutely right. It is the defense because when you dig into the numbers a little bit deeper, you look at the fact that, unfortunately, this was a good matchup for the Hawks as far as size, and yet they were out-rebounded 49 to 37. So that's definitely a place where they can make a, a bigger impact, especially on the offensive board. So, yeah, agree with you on that. Now, we got to give them credit for blocks. Got to give them credit for steals as well, because it was about even 10 to eight. But again, in a game like this, you're going to have a lot of statistics that are pretty even. And then there will just be some areas where you're able to to set it apart. So, yeah, still some things to work on. You are absolutely right, Willie. Still some things to work on on the defense. But, hey, man, all we are proud of and excited about on this end is a win because, hey, a dub is a dub is a dub. Now, next up, we're going to talk about who the Hawks have next. This episode of the Locked On Hawks postcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Now, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. And I don't know if you guys know, but the Hawks have 10 games in January at home. Of course, they played the first one tonight, so you got nine more games to get a crack at this. And you might be able to get that great ticket if you use Game Time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guessing out of buying tickets. So see the view from your seat before you buy. All-in prices show your total upfront, and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Also, with zone deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big-time savings. And I think the most important thing is that Game Time guarantees you'll always get the best price. You find tickets the same section, you find tickets the same row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time by downloading the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create that account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. And download that Game Time app today because you want last minute tickets, you want the lowest price, you want it guaranteed, go to the Game Time app. All right, Deshaun. So the Hawks are able to get this win at home. So one more on the dub side. And now they have to go right back on the road, although they do have a lot of home games in January. So I think that's a good look for them. And that's going to give them an opportunity to build some momentum as well. But They've got to stop in Indy come Friday. And we know that the first game against Indiana was pretty 
actually it was a pretty competitive match. Now, unfortunately, the Hawks weren't on the winning side. They lost by five points in the first meeting back in late November. But both of these teams are in a different space and place right now, including we know what the Pacers were able to do in uh, the, the tournament the first year of the tournament that we saw. So they're playing pretty well. They're playing pretty well. What do the Hawks have to do now that they're in this space that they're in? I think what maybe we're five games back from Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's rolling. He actually had a career high tonight. What is it that they can do to take this momentum from tonight into that game come Friday? Continue to feed Jalen. I think that's probably one of the first things to do. Again, I, 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 I always say that there's, you know, these times where I'm going to say things that I never thought that I would say. That's one of my first options now at this point is make sure you're feeding Jalen Johnson. I think that right. that opens things up a little bit for everybody else. He's earned it. He's deserved mm-hmm. it. He came out on fire. He ended up going down with an injury. He kept that same energy and came back like nothing ever yeah. happened. If anything, he improved his game um which is something i'm not sure that i would be able to see him do this early in his career with such a large role that he's playing with um Mm -hmm. so continue to kind of you know go at him and and like i always say knocking down those free throws those those free spaces on the bingo card and minimize the turnovers you know for such a long time i feel like this hawks team had done so well or or Mm kind of started out not doing great um, yeah. from a standpoint of the turnovers and then for such a long time started improving upon that um, mm-hmm. significantly. We've kind of mm-hmm. seen them start slowly inching back towards yeah. some of the, you know, kind of bonehead, senseless, unforced errors and turnovers, mm-hmm. things of that nature. I think 13 of them tonight um, yeah. so continue to get, you know, under the teen number. Um, Of course, you know, the lower than that as much as possible, Um, but certainly, you know, continuing to get everybody involved. Um, I'd I'd like to see more games that are equally, um, you know, that that look very equal between the Mm -hmm. guards and DeJounte and Trey. Um, They went crazy. What, 72 out of the 130 points scored against Washington on that last game tonight? Mm -hmm. Obviously, they didn't fill the stat sheet nearly as much, but it was still very equal. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like both guys are contributing equally. And even though one guy doesn't have this superstar looking night, I still think that the team works better together when they are both able to contribute, you know, a respectable number between each other, because that puts the defense on their heels with not knowing which way to go. And because this is a game that is so primarily led by, you know, by its guards and such a Mm -hmm. a guard-based sport, um, I do think that's where you can make it difficult. So just continue to utilize those bigs. I want to see more out of Oyeka Okongu. We could have saw more out of Jalen Johnson. We talked about his career high night, but he he didn't play a lot of the first quarter because of foul trouble. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just think it's going to continue to look up. Uh, we're going to yeah. continue to see this team grow, but we got to find a way to stop Tyrese Halliburton. He cannot go off the same way he did when we played them in the first meeting, but it's going to be tough because yeah. they're still a really good team and probably the most impressive team that we saw, you know, in the 23 calendar year for this particular season. Indeed. And you're right in that first game, which was like, one of those high scoring games where you literally said, yeah, we know there's an in-season tournament. There has to be <laughs> literally the score is like 157 to 152. But like you said, part of that was 
literally Tyree Talbert going off for like 38 points now, 37 points rather. Now, granted, the good thing about uh, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray is, like you said, they combined in that game for 66 points. So we'd love to see more of that. And in that game, you didn't get a start from Sadiq Bey. He came off the bench, but he came off the bench and had 12 points. And, you know, tonight I think he had like 15 or something like that. So we want to kind of see that from him. But also something that you just pointed out that I want to say I think will be a key to the game too. That night, the Hawks had 15 turnovers, right? And the Pacers were able to capitalize by getting 19 points off those turnovers. So you've got to minimize that because the, the Hawks had 16 tonight, but the Thunder didn't really capitalize on them. So you got to be careful there. And another trend that I think we want to see the Hawks improve on is offensive rebounds. When you have an opportunity to get second chance points, you got to get them. You got to get them. You can't let that ball be brought back up the court and watch the transition offense of the Pacers make you pay for that, that mistake or make you pay for that miss. And just do what you did the last time. You dominated points in the paint. Keep that same energy. 74 to 64, that's you. That's a good look. And you were right there with them with their three-point percentage and with their field goal percentage. Percentage. I feel like if the Hawks can play the game they played back in late November, but then on the same token, just tweaking those little areas that we just mentioned, I think that they will be just fine come Friday. Listen, we appreciate you guys. Stopping by the Locked on Hawks postcast, remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And for more on the Hawks tomorrow, make sure you check out Locked on Hawks with our guy, Brad Rowland. We will see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.